book of Psalms is written differently than like a gospel. It's one of the psalms or songs and poems and the way that you approach a psalm and preaching it is a little different, but it's jam-packed with, with truths, with uh, foundational truths we're going to see. And the title of the message tonight is, If the Foundations Are Destroyed. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm just so amazed all the time with God's just sovereignty and his timing with a lot of these messages and, you know, just where we're at as a nation. And it seems like uh, we're, we're imploding from the inside out, aren't we? And uh, a lot of that is being, uh, you know, is intentional. Y'all understand that? I was telling my kids last night that we have a real enemy. And uh, he hates anything that God has established. He hates marriages. That's, I'm going to tell you guys, that's why he fights Christian marriage like he does. He hates, uh, that that was the first institution that God created, the home. Um, he hates the second institution that God created. Do you guys know that what that is? The family was first. What's the second one? The government. Y'all realize that? The government is a God institution. And um, yeah, the government was instituted by God. And so, you know, that's why there's, uh, there's this pressure. There's always been this element within government um, that there's an attack always. And the enemy is always infiltrating and, and placing his people in positions of authority. Because as go the home and as goes the government, uh, goes a nation. I'm going to be honest with you. And so the third institution is the church. We know that. The, the, the church, where we, we are, the, the, the body of Christ, and he fights the church. The enemy does, our enemy. And so we are living in a time, unlike any other, I would say, where the attack seems to be in, in this country on every front. Every front. Everywhere you look. I was reading an article uh, from Dr. Michael Brown, how our children are under attack. How the number one cause of death within 12 to 17-year-olds right now in this country is suicide. If that doesn't break our heart, we've seen uh, exponential growth in human trafficking. Most of those are minors. One of the fastest growing online businesses in this nation is that of child pornography. And we live in a day where it seems like perversion is being promoted. Lifestyles that are contrary to the word of God are protected. And uh, being, uh, being taught from preschool all the way through high academia. Y'all understand what we are living in is, is quite mind-boggling. And I think everyone here is, is very well aware of what we're in. But I want us to, of course, go to the scripture because likewise, as we come to Psalm 11, David was living in a time in, in his nation where it seemed to be unraveling. A lot of parallels with today. There was a leader, there was leadership in his nation who had gone astray, uh, who was no longer qualified to lead the nation of Israel, Saul. And of course, 
He had once had the power of God, the Holy Spirit on his life, but now he was perplexed by an evil spirit. And the nation that should have been easily able to defeat their enemies were falling left and right in battle under the leadership of Saul. And of course, God saw that and and he, of course, turned his, his back on Saul as king and he anointed a man by the name of David to be the next king. And we know that David, of course, is the author of of Psalm 11, 12, and 13, all three that we'll touch today. And and during the time that he wrote this psalm, David was on the run for his life from Saul. Saul wanted to kill David. He had tried on several occasions to kill David. And now he was in hot pursuit of David. And David was, of course, constantly on the run And we're going to look at just what David, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what he wrote during this season of his life, where everywhere he turned, it seemed to be like everything was going awry, where he had already been anointed to be the next king, but he's on the run and and hiding in caves and and eating where he could. And I'm telling you, it was not a, a pleasant season for him, but I want you to see how David respond. I want you to notice with me, first of all, tonight, the righteous man, David. I want you to see verse number one of Psalm 11. In verse one, it says, in the Lord, I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? I want you to know, David, even though he was in dire circumstances, even though his life was on the line, even though he was in a very dark time in his life, David's trust was firmly founded in the Lord. And I want you to understand why David was able to remain uh, uh, steadfast in the Lord, because he was a man who loved the Lord. He had a true relationship with the Lord. And because of that foundation that he had built his life upon, because of that uh, genuine uh, fellowship with the living God, no matter what circumstances that David faced, he chose faith over fear. He chose to believe the character of God and, and, and the promises of God over his circumstances. He chose to lean not on his own understanding, but to uh, lean on God. And I'm telling you today, uh, what we're going to need more than anything is the foundation of this, the foundation of faith in God, because things aren't looking like they're going to get any better anytime soon. Where is our faith tonight? David was literally on the run. He was the most wanted fugitive in Israel. He was being hunted by the most powerful man in Israel. And he was being uh, counseled by people who were choosing fear over faith. They, They were saying to David, look what it says in the second half of verse number one. He says, how can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? There were people in David's ear who were telling him, you know what? The best thing for you to do right now, David, is to flee away. Uh, get out of this country. Get far away. Uh, uh, choose uh, self-preservation. Uh, choose fleeing rather than faith in God. But David resolved to keep his confidence in his God. And I'm going to tell you guys, we are living in a time where we can't place our faith anywhere else. 
We can't place our faith in the stock market, in cryptocurrency, in your job, in your health, in anything else in your family. How many of you guys still have family members who uh, you're not allowed over there anymore? Uh, we hear about it all the time now. Families are divided. You see, it was, the enemy is very strategic. He knew what to do to this nation. Uh, and I want you to understand this has been, uh, <laughs> this has been, uh, in, in works for longer than we, we would know. And I'm telling you, uh, that the way that he's going to work in, in our lives and the way that he's going to try to divide and, dis- and conquer this nation is to, of course, uh, make us, uh, uh, divide it more, make us not, uh, love like God has called us, the saints, to love one another. I'm telling you, he is strategic and he is doing, uh, what he is great at doing, dividing us. And David had people in his ear who, were, who was trying to undermine his faith, who was trying to lead him down a path of fear to not trust God, even though God had promised, even though God had anointed, and they thought that David's anointing would ultimately cost him his head and not preserve him. But I want to tell us tonight, David had it right. The anointing that God has on the church and us, I'm telling you, it's not, it's going to get in some trouble. It's going to make the enemy try to attack us, but I want you to understand that because God has promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, we can boldly stand in times even like this and say, I trust the Lord. I am founded upon the rock and no one can take down what God has set up. I'm telling you, I have to tell this to myself any of you with children in this room just concerned? I, I just felt led to just sit my kids down yesterday and say, hey, kids, things might get more difficult. We may not be able to take two trips this year, <laughs> you know. But I said our joy isn't found in those things or those type of Events that's found in Jesus and our relationship with Jesus. And I'm telling you, no matter what the circumstances, Jesus should be the source of our joy and the, the object of our faith. And this is where David was. He says, I will put my trust in the Lord. And Jehovah, I want you to understand what he was saying there. When you see it in the Old Testament, uh, the Lord, you see, that's mean Jehovah. I put my trust in him. Oh, the one who can provide for me, the one who is my banner, the one who will fight my battle. I put my trust in him, not in what I see around me. And this is the foundation that we must be shoring up in our lives. Choose faith over fear. Every time I'm out today, you know, just went to the store and I just see people just in fear all around me. And you can see it in their countenance. I'm the only one usually in the store without a mask and and I walk by people and you see them kind of separate themselves really quickly, you know, and, and it's, you know, we laugh, but man, that's a that's a prison that none of us should be in in fear. And this is what the enemy does. He puts fear in the hearts of those. He's an intimidator. He, he, he tries to control us through fear because I'm telling you, it's either faith that's going to uh, lead you or fear. We've got to learn from the righteous man, David. And I'm telling you, David had the, the surety of God's promise. 
And I think David was able to stand in this time because of his relationship with God. He had seen God to be faithful. He had seen God brought mighty victories in his life. And this only comes from being in battle. You see, the reason why many of us in the church are living in fear is because we've been in self-preservation mode. We haven't been in any battles for Jesus. We aren't walking with Jesus and we aren't seeing Goliath's fall because we aren't even in position to, to, to battle. And so when the battle comes up, we're going to be like Saul on the sideline afraid. We're going to be uh, <laughs> shaking in our boots when the giants come. And, and I'm telling you, uh, we've got to press into God like never before. Dads, this is the time for you to develop a prayer life. This is the time for you to lead your family spiritually. It's time for you uh, to, to get off the lazy boy spiritually and stand up and start to pour into your wife and pour into your kids and pray over them. And I'm telling you because there is a, a battle going on. There is right now in this nation, there is a battle and it's a, it's a battle for the souls of men. It's a battle for truth and lies. It's a battle for the future generations. And I'm telling you, we've got to stand on Jesus right now. The righteous. But I want you to see the wicked. Now, in Psalm 11 and Psalm 12 and 13, there's a similar makeup. And David is, of course, uh, referring to the wicked often throughout these psalms. And I want you to understand our adversaries. I want you to see that they are predatory. Look at verse number 2 of Psalm 11. The Bible says, For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string, that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. It's not enough for wicked men just to be wicked and, and to go about doing their wicked things. They have it out for the righteous. You guys understand that the attacks that we're seeing against those institutions that I mentioned before are strategic. They want to tear down everything that God has built, every standard of, of, of truth that God has set up. They are coming for it, and they're coming for those who would align themselves with the, the righteousness of God. It's, not, it's, it's one thing uh, to just be against uh, wick, uh, the, the righteous, but the wicked, they want to utterly destroy us, and they are very slick with it. You see, uh, he was, the Bible says that they, were, they would shoot secretly at the upright in heart. Oh, they will even put it in a bill like we prayed against this Sunday, against that abortion bill. Let's guess what? It was shot down in the Senate. Thank God. And this is why we will not stay out of political topics in this church, hot button topics in this church, because the enemy is working in those. He, he, this is how we are, where we are at this moment. And the enemy is very subtle. He's very wise in what he does, and he'll use whatever means necessary to come for the righteous. He is, uh, and those who follow him are predatory. They want our next. Psalm 12, 8 speaks of this. The wicked prowl on every side. Oh, why are they coming for the kids? 
Why? Why is there this demonic push for abortion up until birth? How vile. And I want you to see what the rest of verse uh, 8 of Psalm 12 says. When vileness is exalted among the sons of men, when the wicked are on the prowl, there is vileness being exalted. Isn't that what's taking place? It is vile. I heard about a, a, a camp that allowed their male counselors who identified as women to sleep overnight in a room with 10 and 11-year-old girls. That is vile. Things that I mentioned earlier, human trafficking. You want to know why the border has to be open? To filter in uh, those who are being trafficked. And make no mistake, those who are in power, every aspect of our government is corrupt right now. And they are turning an eye. You want to know why Jeffrey Epstein uh, had to be taken out? You want to know why uh, they're keeping it hush-hush with all uh, those who are found on that, on his, in his books? You want to know why? Because at the height, and, and they will say that we're conspiracy theorists. No, my friends, this is, this is facts. I'm telling you, uh, from the Clintons, uh, you want to, I don't, I'm going to name names. I'm telling you, from those who are involved in this human trafficking sex, trafficking are in the elitist of this world, uh, the Bill Gates, the George Soros. I'm telling you, these people are real and they are uh, flourishing in this atmosphere because of the vileness and the wicked nature that we are allowing to permeate this nation. And I'm telling you, it's time for God's people to wake up. It's, it's disgusting. And the wicked, they prey on the, the weak. They prey on the poor. They, they look for the easy targets. And, and this is what we are seeing. And, and we've got to understand this. We've got to understand that um, if we don't stand in the way, and I know it's spiritual. I know the battle is against flesh and blood. I, I get that. I'm telling you, that's where we should really be fighting. That's why the prayer meeting, I want to encourage you to be here from 6 to 8, because then we're going to go over and pray. And we pray about these things as a church. Last night, as a family, we prayed for those 4,000 deputies who are going to lose their job here pretty soon. We prayed that God would do something against that because you understand what's going to happen when there's 4,000 left deputies on patrol in L.A. County. What we are already seeing, there's a uh, uprise in murder, violent crimes, rape, you name it, drug trafficking. Oh, my friends, you understand that this is strategic. They need to tear down the foundations in order to uh, set up what they want to set up. And, and I hope that we are awake now that we see this is a concerted effort, not just in America, but around the world. And they're waiting to shoot at the upright in heart. This is why, more than likely, this message won't last long on social media. Yes, understand that we've been silenced. Those who will speak against the establishment The wicked, they are predatory. I want you to see they're also very lifted. They're prideful. 
They're prideful. Psalm 12, 3 and 4 says, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, speaking of the wicked who, who have said, With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is the Lord over us? These people are prideful. They're pompous. They think that they're untouchable. There isn't any justice in this nation right now. And even when evidence comes out from verifiable sources, those who are elitist or children of those who are part of the establishment, they have no consequences. And they just they lift it in their pride. And David saw this in his day. He saw that the wicked, they were prideful, they, they, they were predatory, and that they were strategic in undermining God's principles. Look at verse 3, the title verse for the message. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I, I looked up, I, I read several commentaries on you know, what that meant, and always want to be true to Scripture. Uh, one commentary, I think, put it best. It says, foundations here seem to be a metaphor for the order of society, established institutions, the social and civil order of society. And this is what we are seeing. I was thinking about this. Saul was an ungodly leader. He was leading the nation astray. Saul had gotten to the point where he was consulting uh, demon-possessed people to, to get information. I want you to know that stuff isn't gone. There are those in this country, in our government, who I no doubt believe that they are they're worshiping Satan and their power comes and their, their, their privilege comes from just that. The prince and power of the air. And under Saul's ungodly leadership, the nation was, was, was in big trouble. They were losing to the Philistines constantly. And as we see nations rising up, as we see the wars that are rising up, and honestly, I don't, I don't really believe anything that comes from the media, the, the reasoning of wars. It's really hard. You really can't trust someone who has proven, a media that has proven to be biased, who has proven to be bought. Um, it's really hard to tell these days. And this is why we got to just lean on the word of God to direct us. But I want you to understand that this nation was founded upon biblical principles. Is this nation perfect? No, this nation has many blots in its history and, and areas where, of course, we have not followed God. But I'm telling you, for the most part, if you look at the Constitution, if you look at the, uh, the history of this nation, is, this was founded upon biblical principles, America. And uh, one, little by little, those principles, those foundations, those institutions, those social and, and civil uh, norms were chipped away at. I was reading about the uh, Supreme Court case, Ingle versus Vital in 1962. Some of you remember this when prayer was removed from public schools. And you remove prayer from public schools, in comes perversion, in comes violence, in comes all, all 
anarchy that you can think about that are taking place in schools just over the hill over here. Think about Roe versus Wade, 1973. And all the the blood that is on the hands of America since that ruling in the Supreme Court. You guys tell me politics don't matter? You tell me we should, we should, the number one knock we get is to be quiet, stay in your lane. Well, this is our lane. This is moral issues. This is biblical issues. And the pulpit has to speak to it. And, and there are some, uh, there are millions and millions of babies uh, whose blood is on the hands of America. And I think about, I was in seminary when Proposition 8 came up. Who remembers that in 2008? And uh, how California did rule against this to, to legalize same-sex, uh, what they would say, try to put in the category as marriage. That isn't marriage. Marriage is a man and a woman. God instituted marriage. And I remember the victory was won, but then there was rogue judges who overturned the will of the people who overstepped their authority and bounds and, and put this into place. And you remember how it was packaged? Oh, we, we just want people who love each other to be able uh, to marry who they choose. And I'm, I'm fine with you what you choose to do. No one's telling you how to live your life, but I'm telling you, you can't redefine a whole institution that was defined by God and, and, and try to make it the acceptable norm. And, and you remember, it started off there, but now look where we're at. It isn't enough just for people who live these lifestyles to be married, but it, it, now they're trying to teach your kindergartner. Now there's drag queen uh, reading hours in kindergarten in California. Now in the, on the shelves riddling uh, the libraries of your kids' public school is books that are promoting, even teaching kids how to engage in homosexual acts. And I'm telling you today, it's about time for us to get back to praying and seeking God and asking for a revival because apart from that, there is no hope if the foundations be destroyed fast forward to today we are sitting we are we have a front row seat to watch the global reset time won't permit for me to just explain how this conflict in Russia and just several things that this administration and other administrations have done to usher in this globalist agenda. One of the countries where we get most of our oil imported for from is Russia. How many of you guys paid close to $5 a gallon today probably when just a few a year or so ago, we were oil independent. Why was that stop? It's all strategy. And they're going to destroy this current financial system to usher in the new one. And we know that's going to be digital. And what does the Antichrist, uh, the platform that he sits on, is going to be able to control who can buy, sell, and trade. They can turn you off. 
I'm telling you guys, this is Bible prophecy coming to place. And the way that the enemy has strategically uh, uh, forced this to even be an issue right now is through destroying the foundations of this nation. And, and I'm telling you, we've got to understand and we've got to be wise in days like that we are living in because we're going to need wisdom. We're going to need God to direct us. Oh, playing church isn't going to work in days that we are heading into. Getting your latte on the way to church and just frilling through life and, and, and singing a few songs and going home and, and not having a, a, a real walk with God. You see, David was able to navigate this season of his life because he had a real walk with God. He had a time where he was in the presence of God. He was in the wilderness with those few sheep communing with the Lord, and he had that foundation to stand upon. I'm telling you, we've got to be serious about that in this time. You see, as they've eroded God's justice, truth, and law, it is being replaced with anarchy. The number one message on every Disney movie, you see the enemies in every one of those arenas, is to do whatever you feel like. You know that song we were singing uh, a few years ago when my daughter, uh, Layla was about four or five and um, uh, Frozen came out. Have you listened to the lyrics of that song? Have you read them? It's like a manifesto of just anarchy. It's, it's seriously, I, I, I'm telling you, we are living in a rebellious day where, where we are seeing the foundation being chipped away at here and there and everywhere you turn. And David says, what can the righteous do? This is, I believe, a rhetorical question. Because I know this may seem like a lot of doom and gloom I'm preaching. (laughs) But at the end of the day, what David trusted in is the the same God that David trusted in is our God. And he can, he can turn a situation. He can revive a nation. I have hope. I wouldn't, if I really felt that there was no hope, I would go and, and move to Idaho like a lot of people are saying. <laughs> Just kidding. I'd go do something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. But um, you know what we can do? And David, he transitions into this. We could trust in the Lord. Look what he says in verse number four of chapter 11. He says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is in his holy temple. I don't care what's going on down here. There is a king on the throne of heaven. His name is Jesus, and he's the one who loves you, and he has a plan for us, and no one can thwart what King Jesus says. No kingdom can conquer King Jesus' kingdom. No, no battle tank can harm the king of kings and lord of lords. I'm telling you, we've got to turn our eyes on Jesus because other, apart from that, we won't have hope. We will live in fear. He said, see, he is exalted above the affairs of men. He is sovereign. And, you know, I don't know what the uh, 
what the answer is. I know that part of what we're seeing is on the divine timetable. I know that God is in control and, and uh, the king, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he puts, uh, he sets up one, he puts down another and nothing happens where he's like, oh, I'm surprised that that person's in the White House. Never. We've got to look to him. He's in his holy temple. He's the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold the, his eyelids test the sons of men. He is in control. And David was able to encourage himself in this. No matter what the circumstance was, no matter what he was facing at that time, he understood who was in control, who was in uh, over the affairs of men, who was sovereign in all things. I want you to see that he is righteous and he will judge men. He will judge these wicked doers who seemingly are getting off scotch-free. Psalm 11.5, the Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates upon the wicked he will rain coals fire brimstone and burning wind shall be the portion of their cup i know this isn't popular today oh people don't want to hear about a righteous holy judging god but it is still in the book and we got to preach that because i'm i don't know about you but those little kids who are being trafficked oh there's somebody who's going to avenge them those women who are being exploited somebody's going to avenge them i'm telling you and god is going to do what only he can do He's going to judge. And what the righteous can do is to wait on him. Oh, that, that, what does that look like, Pastor? That looks like we still gather and worship and pray and seek and witness and keep doing what God has called us to do, fighting the spiritual battle, but also when God uh, gives opportunity speaking against the unfruitful works of darkness, it is for us to be in these arenas. I'm telling you, we need to not uh, do what many have done, shirk the responsibility. Oh, that's not affecting me, but now it's come to our front door. Now it's at your children's school. I saw that there's on the docket uh, in California Senate that they're, they're trying to pass uh, bills that your 12-year-old could choose to get the vaccine without your consent. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to get my 12-year-olds to take a shower, but they're supposed to be making major health decisions. I'm just telling you, the foundations be destroyed. We, it's just, none of this stuff makes sense. It's like a movie. I really have, I've said this more time over the last two years. This is like, I can't believe this is going on. And the only way that I ha I'm not on Prozac, the only way I don't have PTSD <laughs> is because I'm founded upon G-O-D. And that's going to make all the difference. The Lord, this is what he, this is what David said. In each one of these instances, he said, I will trust in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. 
I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountiful with me. Oh, while he was in the cave, he was still worshiping. <laughs> you know, like it says, I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery in the battle, right? Then uh, this is how I fight my battles. This is where we got to get to right now. I'm telling you, uh, it's going to get difficult, but God is still in the throne. We got to look to him. And I'm telling you, the Psalms are amazing for this to find encouragement. Oh, David went through his times of wavering too. I'm not going to paint it like he was always uh, un- unflappable when it came to the, uh, the, the trials he was in. Look in, in Psalm 13, he says in verse number one, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And it's okay to go to God and to voice your concern or, and to say, God, where are you? He can handle it, my friends. He can handle our questions. He can handle our searching. He can handle that. And I'm telling you, we need to go to him with that. Uh, instead of taking it to social media and venting on there or going to your, your your loved ones who are going to lead you astray, you should go to him. And I'm telling you, when you get there and you lay it down at the cross, oh, you will see that he is faithful. He will renew your strength. He will give you wings on eagle to fly upon as you fight this battle. And I'm telling you, for some of you tonight, you need to get on your knees at this altar and say, I've been living in fear, but God, my eyes are on you now. foundations be destroyed. I want you to know God can rebuild a nation. He can do, he can rebuild your marriage. He can rebuild your family. He, when the foundations are destroyed, he can rebuild it. He is the God who takes broken things and he builds them back. Some of you, that's what you need to focus on tonight. Maybe not so much the nation, but your but your home is broken. Your marriage is on the rocks. And repentance. We always come here. David didn't have to repent. He knew he was right with God, so he could run to God. He could, he could quote Romans 8.28. <laughs> and we know that all things work to the good to them. What does it say? To them that yes. That's what we need to to work on and you know, I just feel like that's what God is just just speaking to us about, just, just loving him first, seeking him first and I've learned when we do that everything else will work itself out. He will fight our battles. He will do what only he can do. And uh, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? That's what we can do. We can turn. We can look to the hills from whence cometh our help. We can look to him. We can cry out to him. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. That's what we need to do. I want to ask the worship team to come tonight. I want us to leave out here tonight not discouraged, but encouraged. Because we do serve a great God. I believe that's what they're going to sing right now. Great are you, Lord. And we need to worship him. We need to press into him as a church family in this season. If, if you can't say with all assurance that you're right with God, that your life is aligned with him and, and that 
like David was able to say, I, I, I trust in the Lord. I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. I don't have uh, the wicked. They, they come after me because I, I, am, I love you, God, because I'm seeking your will. Uh, if you can't say that is true of your life, if there are things in your life right now that does not glorify God, I want to encourage you tonight to come to the altar and lay those things down. Turn from them. Seek God like, like he is your only hope because he is. Let's do business with God tonight. Let's pray for our nation. I do want to encourage, I want to see many of you here on Sunday because we're going to pray for this nation. We're going to start to pray for anything that needs to be lifted up, but definitely this nation. And I just want you guys to, to let's, let's, let's do battle. Let's, let's, let's join in the fight. Let's be a part of the solution. Yeah.